Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let's get into even more information we have about this very strange and very scary multi-million dollar GBI Strategies LLC. Okay? I'm not going to re-explain what GBI Strategies LLC is because I've covered them the last two episodes. But to bring you up to speed, Gary Bell is this man who got uh, paid by a a black Democrat uh, political action committee and the Biden people to supposedly do voter registration in Michigan. But it turns out it was the operation. It was the hub. It was the hive. It was the boiler room for their rigging of the 2020 elections in behalf for and in behalf of Joe Biden to steal the election on his behalf and and we are getting deep dives into into them uh, first of all we have more anomalies of GBI strategies GBI strategies is currently hiring employees per a review of job searcher they are currently uh, multiple openings at GBI strategies at multiple locations around the United States as you can see here. One individual who worked for GBI Strategies in Flint, Michigan during the 2020 election per his LinkedIn profile is this Edwin P. guy and he apparently still works as regional manager at GBI Strategies but he doesn't have his picture. Very strange thing for LinkedIn for any social media, right? Not to have at least an avatar. Now, according to one business site, GBI Strategies is reportedly currently located at 8241 Floral Spring Drive in Cordova. It's outside uh, Cordova, Tennessee. It's outside of uh, Memphis. Gary Bell Cassette is reported as the owner. And Gary Bell Cassette, previously, we just knew him as Gary Bell. Is is Bell his middle name or his last name? He has two last names. Is he hyphenated? Is he in a same-sex marriage where he has both his last name and his partner's last name? Or is, you know, what's going on here? Or his wife's last name? I don't know. A query of Cordova, Tennessee shows a house with two white vans parked in the front. Now, if you'll recall, it was white vans. No, not these type of white vans. They were also used to deliver those ballots uh, to the TFC Center uh, over the during the 2020 election. I'm sure that's just a coinkydink. Uh, now, the company is also... Uh, Located, has a mailing address of 5809 Pfeiffer Drive in Alexandria, Virginia. And when you look at that, uh, that is a duplex built 1950 with only 896 feet. But here's the thing. Gary Bell is associated with this address along with 40 individuals. There are 40 individuals also associated with this address. (laughs) Ha ha! I don't know, kind of sounds like something that 
an operative that steals elections using fake ballots would do. You know, multiple people at the same address, fake addresses, and what have you. The duplex address in Alexandria, Virginia is the one used, uh, is the address used when it was reported by Black PAC, their payment to GBI Strategies. Hmm. But then it gets even stranger still. The state of Tennessee shows that GBI Strategies LLC was dissolved as an ongoing concern in that state in 2017. But they still show that address on various things as of right now that they are out of Tennessee. Very interesting. Now, that in itself doesn't mean anything except that you think you would update your address. So, for instance, I have a company and it's incorporated and it was in San Diego, California, but I dissolved it in California and transferred my company over to the Salt Lake City County of Utah. So just because if you go into California and look for my business, it'll show that it's no longer, you know, that it was, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't say expired. I can't remember exactly what it says. Maybe it does say expired. It just says, you know, that I, I dissolved the business. Doesn't mean I'm not in business anymore. It just means I moved to another state. So that in itself isn't strange, but when you go to GBI Strategies LLC, it shows that they're looking for uh, regional field managers, administrative assistants, uh, registration specialists, supervisor, but then it, it, it lists as the cities, as the locations, Flint, Michigan, Bent Harbor, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, Dayton, Ohio, Gary, Indiana, uh, Muskegon Heights, where the stealing took, the rigging took place. Southfield, where they found the guns. Washington, D.C., but it doesn't list nor Tennessee nor Virginia. And then the corporate address is not a business address. They're two homes, a duplex and a home. Once again, it's an LLC, so that's not uncommon. But it is strange for a multi-million dollar uh, company. To put it in perspective... My addresses, both in San Diego and in here in Utah, I have an office. Like I have a corporate address. I'm in an office building. So this is this very this whole thing is just very very strange. Oh, um, also, it appears that uh, because they are now getting a lot of attention, some things have been taken down uh, from social media, and some websites have also been taken down. Kudos to Gateway Pundit uh, for this. Let me share this with you. On Tuesday, the Gateway Pundit broke a blockbuster report on 2020 voter fraud in Michigan. The investigation had been buried by politicians, government investigators, and the press. Then on Wednesday, the Gateway Pundit reported that GBA Strategies Director Gary Bell has a bio on the CompMo Group website. According to CompMo Group, Gary Bell manages over 70 organizing operations in 20 states and lends logistical and consulting support to another seven states. Bell brags about managing 70 different campaigns and work sites simultaneously. Bell also brags about doing independent expenditure campaigns for groups whose spending on campaign-related actions would not otherwise be disclosed or publicly available. 
Bell appears to be part of the campaign world deep state on the left, the ones actually getting left-wing candidates into office. Compmo Group has more on Gary Bell. He started in Washington, D.C. This bio says Bell leads hundreds of field managers and thousands of canvassers. We can now confirm that Compmo Group took down their website. It's gone. According to Baddie, Bad Kitty Twitter on Twitter, the Compmo Group Facebook page has also been deleted. She reported, wow, after Gary Bell was exposed by the Gateway Pundit as being part of the Michigan police report business, both the CompmoGroup.com website and the Facebook pages are poof, they're gone. The website was last archived August 10th, 2023, Thursday. Recall GBI Strategies LLC is a left-wing campaign consulting company run by Gary Bell. And according to Compmo Group, Gary Bell manages and he said the same thing. So, wow, all of a sudden they're scrubbing. They're scrubbing things. That's what they do. That's what cockroaches do when they get caught. They scurry. And then they try to hide and destroy. Whether it's 33,000 emails, smashing smashing blackberries. Most recently, the January 6th Unselect Committee. Destroying evidence, depositions, documents, correspondence, communications. They got caught and now it's the cleanup operation. All because Joe Biden is the illegitimate president of the United States of America. He did not win the 2020 election. And now everything they do is to hide that fact and to criminalize it. So let me give you the latest on what's happening with Trump. Uh, talk, talk about total election interference. Jack Smith wants to, and he'll probably get his way because they're a swamp. He wants to interfere in the primaries. Let me share with you the latest news. Federal prosecutors are requesting a January 2nd, 2024 start date for Donald Trump's criminal trial related to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. That is just days before the Iowa caucuses and the anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol. So in D.C., the grand jury, then they're going to Florida and they're getting President Trump's, not just President Trump, not his chief of staff. No, they're getting his maintenance people, the property managers, valets, you know, aides. And Fannie uh, Willis is doing or about to do the same thing in Fulton County. That's the county Atlantic Georgia is in, in the fourth indictment. Tell me this is not in coordination with the DOJ and the special counsel. Of course it is. In a filing, special counsel Jack Smith's office said its presentation of evidence at trial would take no longer than four to six weeks. Now, prosecutors say they want jury selection to start in December before the holidays. A federal judge, Tanya Chutkin, is expected to make a decision on the trial start date by the end of August. Uh, Trump's team doesn't have to tell the court their preferred date until next week. I love it. The Chiron there, the lower third graphic on this Fox 5 out of Atlanta says, special counsel proposes January date for Trump's election interference trial. So... They're going to interfere in the 2024 elections by having a sham trial about Trump's election interference. Obviously, if you're on this program, either watching it or listening to it, you can see the irony in that. 
President Trump truthed out, deranged Jack Smith has just asked for a trial on the Biden indictment to take place on January 2nd, just ahead of the important Iowa caucuses. Only an out-of-touch lunatic would ask for such a date, one day into the new year, and maximum election interference with Iowa. Such a trial, which should never take place due to my First Amendment rights and massive Biden corruption, should only happen, if at all, after the election. The same with other fake Biden indictments, election interference. And I think President Trump is calling it the Biden indictment because Biden is the one directing or the handlers of Biden are directing Biden or maybe even just totally circumventing and bypassing Biden and instructing the DOJ and the special counsel on what to do. I think that's why President Trump called it, asked for a trial on the Biden indictment. It's, it just seems to get worse. Not worse like I'm losing hope. Don't get, I'm not having a defeatist attitude. But just they're more and more emboldened and out in the open because there have been no consequences. Our founding fathers, there would have been, let's just say, uh, the hangman's noose and the guys that uh, made the powder for the muskets would have been doing quite well uh, in their businesses if the, all this was happening during the time of our founding fathers. They would not have put up with this. They really would not have. <laughs> Well, let's go back to Fox 5 News Atlanta and let's get the latest on Fonnie Wilson, uh, excuse me, Fonnie Willis and what uh, is going to happen most likely next week with the fourth upcoming indictment of President Trump as they interfere in the 2024 election by trying to criminalize someone who rightfully was asking questions and fighting back against the sham election of 2020. I saw a meme today. It was pretty good. How come Al Gore's ass is not in jail? Did he not question the election results the year he ran against George W.? That's right. It only works one way. Here at home, we could know as early as next week whether the Fulton County DA will seek indictments against Mr. Trump and his allies in their efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss here in Georgia. There they go again with the Mr. Trump. Listen up, you hack rat bastard over at Fox News 5. Maybe not the presenter because these people are just actors. They just read what's on the teleprompter. I had occasion fairly recently, maybe it's a couple years ago, to go to two news studios and watch how they do the news. They literally are just reading a teleprompter and then the commercial break comes in one lady was on her phone. The other guy was like in some sort of like trance. He's like, like totally like a robot turned off. He's like this. And then the countdown came 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And he goes, well, the Lakers are having this mixer for the, and then went into this other thing. And the lady, she was, she was on her, on her phone. She was doing this and <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Freaking actors. They're just actors and actresses that read the news. But it's still President Trump, not Mr. Trump. So I guess my animus are to the writers of the script over at Fox News 5. President Trump, please. 
And we could know as early as next week whether the Fulton County DA will seek indictments against Mr. Trump and his allies in their efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss here in Georgia. DA Fonnie Willis is widely expected to bring state racketeering or RICO charges against the former president and others in his inner circle. Fannie Willis in coordination with the DOJ. Jack Smith is doing the same thing. Don't just go after Trump. Go after even lower level people. Make it a sin and a crime to be associated with Trump. This is even worse than Maxine Waters saying, give him hell. People who are part of the Trump cabinet or team or employees, they are criminalizing everyone. Assistants, aides, maintenance people. This is what happened yesterday in Florida. Well, former President Donald Trump and his longtime aide arraigned in Fort Pierce court today. And this involving new charges and the investigation into the handling of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Terry Parker is live in Fort Pierce this afternoon. And Terry, the new co-defendant in the case will have to delay his arraignment for a little while longer. That's right, Tiffany and Aaron. What happened is the arraignment went as expected for Donald Trump and his valet, Walt Nada, but a delay in securing a local Florida attorney for the third defendant, Carlos de Oliveira, has caused his arraignment now to be moved to next Tuesday. The two defendants who were here in court today arrived at the Fort Pierce Federal Courthouse in two SUVs surrounded by attorneys. Carlos de Oliveira is the property manager at Mar-a-Lago. He has been added to the secret documents case indictment on four separate counts, including conspiracy to obstruct justice. He was not arraigned because the law requires he have a Florida attorney. His Washington, D.C. attorney says they are hours away from finalizing that attorney, but that meant he could not proceed today. So in D.C., the grand jury, then they're going to Florida and they're getting President Trump's, not just President Trump, not his chief of staff. No, they're getting his maintenance people, the property managers, valets, you know, aides. And Fannie uh, Willis is doing or about to do the same thing in Fulton County. That's the county Atlantic Georgia is in, in the fourth indictment. Tell me this is not in coordination with the DOJ and the special counsel, of course it is. The DA already has one racketeering trial going on here at Fulton County Court. A potential RICO case against a former president presents all sorts of other challenges in uncharted waters. Every time you get indicted, I like to check the polls. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis, as early as next week, could file RICO charges against former president Donald Trump. One more indictment. The RICO statute in Georgia is a prosecutor's best friend. Tom Church is a trial lawyer. He says Georgia's racketeering statute lets prosecutors do things they normally can't. It's got a longer statute of limitations. It has more increased penalties with a mandatory minimum of five years in prison. Uh, it lets you get in uh, hearsay evidence and all other kinds of evidence that you normally wouldn't be able to get into. RICO cases, and I vaguely remember a long time ago, hearing Mayor Rudy Giuliani talk about the racketeering and RICO cases that he tried as a U.S. attorney to bring down the mob and mafia families in New York, how they use snitches and all these other things. They just have a little bit more leeway in building a RICO case. And that's one of the reasons why they're going to do it. I'll tell you the other reason here in just a moment. Uh, but as far as what CNN is reporting, the there will be a dozen indictments in the Trump case. Probably most of them garbage, like we've seen these 36 indictments and 34 indictments and these other indictments against President Trump. But like I was saying earlier, they're always trying to bring in people 
as well. They like bring in other people. The witnesses Willis has subpoenaed when she presents her case include former Republican Lieutenant uh, Governor Jeff Duncan, former Georgia Democratic Senator Jen Jordan, and independent journalist uh, George Cheedy. All of them previously testified before a special purpose grand jury that was tasked with investigating the Trump case and heard from more than 75 witnesses. So I don't know if other people will be indicted, uh, but she's going to be involving a lot of other people uh, in this case because now they can use hearsay. The DA, like in the YSL trial, could charge numerous defendants and that could create numerous complications. We've got so many lawyers that each lawyer has his or her client to protect. And there are obviously differences between the defenses, between the various people who are going to be charged. But folks, what are they trying to do? They're trying to interfere. Not trying to, they're interfering in the 2024 elections because this is not a quick process. One report said four to six weeks, but it's going to take them a time to get the jury. It's, it's just going to drag on and drag on and drag on. There's another big case going on right now in Fulton County that has been going on since the beginning of the year, and they haven't even seated jurors yet. RICO cases also present unique challenges. A Trump prosecution in Fulton County would present a lot of obstacles. Some of the same kind of obstacles you see in the, the Young Slime Life trial. Willis has already embroiled in another RICO case, the Young Thug YSL trial. That one has lasted since January and not one juror has been seated. Not only are you dealing with a big sprawling case that's going to take a long time and jurors aren't going to want to be stuck in a courtroom for a month plus but you have the political component and jury selection is going to last a long time and be going to be very difficult we could be looking at a year or two to even select a jury daryl cohen is a former fulton county assistant district attorney this will be a big unwieldy case cohen says it could take more than a year to sort out a potential trial of course, they want to drag this out through all of 2024 so that President Trump is under indictment the entire year and they can continue with their false narrative and what have you. Now, we know that this indictment is coming imminently. Fannie Willis has talked about it. Things are being prepped. And one thing that we can see is if you go down to the courthouse in Atlanta there, Fulton County Courthouse and its uh, vicinity is blocked off. They've got barriers and what have you. Because they're expecting protesters, which of course, by the way, it is our God-given and constitutionally protected right to protest and to have free speech against our government. That is not a crime. What we're seeing here is absolutely anti, it's against the Constitution and it's a total defecation of our Constitution. This whole thing is a sham. As was January 6th, which was a righteous and right full protest against the stolen election of 2020. And it seems like what they're doing in Atlanta is preparing for a January 6th type event, which, which won't happen. Real MAGA people won't go storm the courthouse or anything else that's crazy. If if that happens, 110%, it's their federal operatives. I wonder if there's a, a, a Ray Epps version over in Atlanta right now as I'm recording this. So let's go to January 6th and we have Tucker Carlson tweeting out on Thursday, episode 15, former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun reveals what really happened on January 6th. 
Our Fox News interview with him never aired, so we invited him back. And he had him on his new show, Tucker, on Twitter. It uh, was about a 55-minute episode. Let me show you uh, a few very important highlights. One of them is that Stephen's son suggests that General Milley and Acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller were involved in the January 6th cover-up, and it's almost as if they wanted January 6th to happen. Listen. If you wanted to understand what happened on January 6th, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, one of the first people you'd talk to, maybe the first, would be Stephen Sund. Sund was the chief of Capitol Police that day. He knew more about what happened than virtually anyone else in the United States. And yet congressional investigators weren't interested in talking to him. The media, not interested in talking to him. But we were. So earlier this year, we did a long sit-down interview with Stephen Sund about January 6th. That interview was set to air on April 24th of this year, and it never did. We don't own that tape, so we can't show it to you. So instead, we invited Stephen Sund back to explain what he saw and experienced that day. What he has to say is shocking. We recommend you watch. Mr. Sun, thank you very much for coming back. Thank you for Appreciate having me back. It. So um, I want to start with the days before January 6th, 2021. Um, it was commonly known there was going to be a demonstration or believed there was going to be a demonstration in front of the Capitol that day. You were the chief of Capitol Police. You're in charge of security at the Capitol. Um, so it would seem logical that you would have the most intelligence, the most up-to-date, most accurate intelligence about what was likely to happen that day, because you're consulting with all kinds of other agencies, intel agencies, law enforcement agencies, lots of federal agencies. But it doesn't sound like you did have the most information yeah. about what was going to happen. You're absolutely correct. I mean, what we've learned that it was out there at the time versus what we had coming into it, night and day. And when you talk about the intelligence agency, I have my own intelligence agency up at um, Capitol Police, IICD, Interagency Intelligence uh, Coordination Division. Yes. Uh, that coordinates with the other intelligence agencies. Um, and now, you know, we're seeing the intelligence I was getting coming into it was indicating this was going to be just like the previous MAGA rallies, the November and December rallies that we had, where we had limited skirmishes. We had some skirmishes afterwards uh, down by uh, BLM Plaza with some of the uh, Antifa groups uh, and some of the BLM groups. But coming into it, absolutely zero with the intelligence that we know now existed, talking about attacking the Capitol, killing my police officers, attacking members of Congress and killing members of Congress. None of that was included in the intelligence coming up to that you received. Correct. I was over during the Stop the Steal protest in November of 2020. I was there with my wife. That's actually where I met Will Johnson of United America First. Was He was taping a show or his show or a segment there from uh, BLM Plaza. It was, it, it was a riot, just a bunch of maniacal, uh, crazy people. There was a lot of police out there. I felt pretty safe. There was a lot of police out there and everyone kind of kept on their own side, argued back and forth. I was just observing. No one knew who I was. I mean, I, I, actually no one in the BLM Antifa people knew who I was, or the cops, but some people come up to me and go, Hey, BCP, BCP, BCP. Uh, so, you know, there was a, a lot of going on during the stop to steal stuff. The violence wasn't done by Oath Keepers, wasn't done by Proud Boys. Proud Boys was there in big force. And they're the ones that actually thumped Antifa and stopped Antifa from beating up people because the police officers, I was there, I, I witnessed police officers, many of them were not on our side. 
They had brought in police officers from outside of D.C., from neighboring Virginia and Maryland. They didn't want to be there that day. It was Christmas. Uh, it was, uh, you know, around it was a Christmas season and, and around Thanksgiving. They didn't want to be there uh, protecting for protests. So not all the police on our, were there on our side. I can attest to that. Uh, and for those of you who followed my show back in 2020, no, I, we did. I, I had I, I, I uploaded and showed what was going on on social media at that time. But we were barred from going somewhere. Because they wanted to protect the Antifa people from us, and I was just going to eat at a restaurant that I like eating uh, at in D.C. It was just, it was just crazy. But that's what that's what he was expecting. He wasn't expecting the January sixth thing. But they had intel on what was going to happen, and they hid it from him because they wanted January sixth to happen. It was a narrative they wanted to impeach President Trump and criminalize speaking out and protesting against the stolen election, and they wanted to make sure that President Trump would be out and never run for president again. That That is still the plan, folks. And January 6th was a big part of it. But others received that intelligence. Well, we now know FBI, DHS was swimming in that intelligence. We also know now that the military seemed to have some very concerning intelligence as well. Think about this, the military, the United States military. Um, and this gets really convoluted once you get into the, the response on January 6th and how I was delayed getting resources. You have the United States military, um, Secretary of Defense or Acting Secretary of Defense Miller and Acting and um, General uh, Milley had both discussed locking down the city of Washington, D.C. because they were so worried about violence at the Capitol on January 6th. On Sunday and Monday, they had been discussing locking down the city, um, revoking permits on Capitol Hill because of the concern for violence. You know who issues the permits on Capitol Hills for demonstrations? I do. You know who wasn't told? Me. Instead, on January 4th, what does Miller do? He puts out a memo restricting the National Guard from carrying the various weapons, any weapons, any civil disobedience equipment that would be utilized for the very um, um, demonstrations or violence that he sees coming. It just doesn't make any sense. It's the same leftist craziness and agenda that says, don't build a wall. We have hordes of invaders coming to our country, but walls are bad. Let's not build a wall. No, it's worse than that. It's a conspiracy, and this is conspiracy fact. They were worried about people coming in to do violence on the Capitol. They don't let the premier law enforcement over the Capitol in on it. And then they say, oh, by the way, National Guard cannot have equipment that is specific to crowd control and violent protests, even though they're expecting that to happen, but they didn't communicate it with Stephen Sun. Because, of course, they wanted it to happen. And it wasn't just Stephen Sun who was stopped because of this memo saying that National Guard could not participate in crowd control. Wait, wait. So the military says we're so concerned about potential imminent violence that we are considering shutting down the city. But at the very same time, they decide that the National Guard can't. Uh, adopt an aggressive posture. Right, protect right. The they're deploying because they're going to be deploying National Guard to assist Washington, D.C. with crowd control at metros and some of the traffic um, control areas. But they put this out on January 4th, specific to January 5th and 6th. And this direction affected the National Guard in Virginia and Maryland. When I was calling begging for assistance on January 6th, they, they weren't allowed to respond at first. You look at um, uh, uh, Governor Hogan. He did a press conference saying he was begging to respond and he was not being denied by the Pentagon, all because of the memo. Remember, governors are the commanders-in-chief of their 
state national guards and to preempt that the pentagon said you can't respond to possible violent protests and maybe a breach of the capitol you you can't respond to that and yet president trump is being indicted for an insurrection when these people at the least it was derelict of duty but that it wasn't that it was a conspiracy are you still believing that the military is the one that's going to save the day members of the military perhaps but not the military as a whole so with obama president trump tried to get the uh, try to correct the uh uh the ship there but he had milley who told china oh yeah i'll tell you if uh, president trump's going to do something why isn't that treasonous traitor's rat bastard in the brig why why doesn't he have a traitor's reward. This whole thing makes me sick. But what was the reason behind all of this? Why was this happening? You know the answer. The answer is obvious. Tucker Carlson, as a great journalist, has to ask that question. So uh, why? You know, you, be, you, be, you begin to wonder why, and especially when you look at, at things like something that I, I recently came across, when you talk about the military. Um, General Milley, you know, we're now uh, now finding out, and it's not not from me. This is from Carol Lenning, you know, investigative reporter with the Washington Post, has found that he was using data miner on his own, coming across intelligence. T- t- tell us what data miner is. So, data miner is an intelligence platform. It's not something your average citizen would have on their uh, computer. I, I guess it goes in and does um, uh, crawling across webs. I'm not really sure how it works. Yes. But it's not your. It's a. It's an intelligence platform. He's picking up intelligence, talking about killing members of Congress and attacking the United States Capitol. And he's not telling me. He's telling select members of Congress. I mean, Carol Lenny writes about it in her book. Um, that's concerning as hell because as the chief of police, you know, he's, there's a duty to warn there. And I should be told so I can take the necessary action. I don't know who else he was telling, but he sure wasn't telling me. I've long maintained and said since the very beginning that the plan was for them to have mass casualties at the Capitol. Had they, it was an act of God and providence that the January 6th Capitol event incident was a very rowdy protest. I I really feel that way. A very rowdy protest in which they killed Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, and and, and other folks. But there were snipers there. The plan was for these assassins, these CIA operatives, and these FBI assets to breach the Capitol and kill members of Congress, kill police, and be able to blame that on President Trump. It is an act of God, an act of almighty, of providence. Thank you, Jesus, that their plan failed. It was supposed to be worse than that. They knew it. They were hiding it. That was a plot, and they didn't let Stephen Sun know. This is a great episode. This episode, uh, I didn't realize it's already at episode 15 of Tucker's Twitter show. I'm going to show uh, more segments of this probably over the weekend. Let me delve more into it. Also tomorrow, I will be covering the murder, the assassination of the uh, by the FBI of a 75-year-old man in Utah who had posted some violence against Biden. But they killed him in a pre-dawn raid 
as Joe Biden was in Salt Lake City, miles away. This is a story brought to my attention right as it happened originally uh, by Junior. And uh, I'm excited to cover this story because it's gotten very strange and wacky over the last few days. We'll look at that uh, this weekend. We are now a Monday through Sunday show. So today may be Friday, but we still have two more episodes for you this weekend. Hang tight. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.